This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Hey, we are starting uh, our second in our series on the Amida on the Shemona Esrei. And I gave you a sheet. I hope you can videotape this sheet. <laughs> For those who don't have a sheet in front of them, basically there are... Is it? Can you see it? Bring it a little closer and then go like this. <laughs> okay, bring it down a little bit. Up. Perfect. Perfect. Leave it okay, there. great. Okay. Leave it there? Yes. Good. So I have a sheet over here with the 19 blessings of the Shemona Asrei. As we talked about yesterday, the first three blessings are an introduction. What do you mean by introduction? It means they are praises to God. When you see a great ruler, the first thing you do is praise the ruler. He's such a great ruler. You're, you could do this, you could do this, you could do that. So the <coughs> so first thing we talk about is... <coughs> is our relationship to God. What is our relationship to God? And that the answer is through our four, three fathers. Our forefathers. Through our forefathers. Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov. And then we end off with Magen Abraham. Why Magen Abraham? We said it's a Pasuk. Because Abraham Avinu was very scared after he beat the four kings. Remember before the battle of the international war. It was a massive war. People don't realize it was a massive war. It was a world war. Thank you so much. And Abraham Avinu wins the war, and then he's scared. He's scared. What is he scared of? What's he scared of? He's scared. Maybe he lost all his merits. He lost all his merits. And Hashem says, "Altira Abraham, ani magenlach. I am your shield. Your reward is tremendous. You're not going to lose anything. You you gained merits. You didn't lose merits. You fought to save your brother-in-law from." People who captured him. And therefore your merits are tremendous. So, I am your shield, Abraham. So we get the bracha, Baruch Atah Hashem, Magen Abraham. The shield of Abraham. Number two is the blessing of Gvura. Hashem. You are mighty, Hashem. What does Hashem do that's mighty? Quickly, let's go. He runs the world. How? What does the, what does the, what does the Pasuk say? Hashem. Wow, that's big. Wish I could do that. <laughs> Wish I could revive the dead. Can you imagine? Hard to imagine, right? We don't we don't bury people, we plant people. Because eventually they're gonna rise up again. Amazing concept. Revive the dead. What else? He makes the wind blow. I can't do that. He makes the rain fall. I can't do that. That's the greatness of Hashem. Why? Because these things give life to the world. Right? If the wind doesn't blow, we're gonna have the same well, we're air here every day. Can you imagine the polluted air, drinking the smelling the polluted air. Baruch Hashem, the wind blows and put, blows away the pollution. The only trouble is it blows somewhere else. <laughs> so they, they don't. We don't get the pollution we have. They get it. Who know, wherever it goes, depends where you live. If you live next to a major international or industrial center, you get all their smoke. It's interesting. The Talmud tells us the most smelly industry in those days was tanneries. Uh-huh. And the t- Talmud says the tannery should be placed on a, on a path of the wind away from the city. Not where the wind comes to us. They knew already where the wind blows the pollution. So interesting, thank God for the wind. He gives us food. He looks after us. We get all our food. Thank God we have food. Thank God we're the lucky ones. We have food to eat. He does it with kindness. Bechesed. Hashem, that's the greatness of Hashem. Hashem does it through with no ulterior motives. That's pure chesed is doing something with no ulterior motives. Hashem is chesed, pure chesed. 
רופא חולים, מציר עשורים, קיימנו אותו שני עפר. מי כמוך, בעל גבורות ימין מלאך. מלך במית חיה, is the king who can kill and to revive. מצמיח ישוע, he brings the salvation. ברוך אתה השם מחיים איתי. Thank you, Hashem. You are the one who revives the dead. Part of the revival of the dead is bringing us back as Jews. Bringing us back as a nation. Israel was dead for 2,000 years. People don't realize that. The state of Israel was dead. It was destroyed by the Romans. And all of a sudden, it comes back. It's sprouting forth from the earth. Sprouting forth. So that's part of the revival of the Jewish people. And we talked about the famous vision of Yechezkel, the Valley of Dura, where Hashem shows him the skeletons of the dead... Uh, there's a big debate whose skeletons were they but obviously it's a symbol of the revival of the first kingdom the first kingdom of Israel was destroyed by the Babylonians and here Yechezkel is seeing the dead come alive amazing he, sees them. he actually sees the dead people come alive some people said they lived and they had children these, these dead people came alive it's not like it wasn't just a vision they actually lived and they had children there's, there's different opinions in the Talmud did it actually happen was it a vision did it actually happen? some people say no it was an actual and I met someone who was their grandchildren <laughs> I actually met someone who were the dead those dead bones who grew up and, and are revived I met their grandchildren imagine so that's the power of God power of God okay now we are in the middle section so we said the middle section consists of 13 blessings let's say it together 13 blessings the middle section now we know there's 13 attributes of God 13 section of the meter 13 blessings in the section now, it was up to us, all we'd pray for two things. We would pray for money, and we'd pray for health. So therefore, the rabbi said, you know what? Let's pray for you. We're going to write the prayers for you. So this way you'll know what to pray for. <laughs> and the first thing we pray for is the most important part of the Shemona said, which is? Bina. Bina. Huh? Bina. Bina. Well, <laughs> brains. We pray for brains. Chochmah, Bina, Bina, and Dad. Chabad. What's Chabad? Chochmah. Three things we pray for. What is the difference between wisdom, understanding, and knowledge? Let's go. Wisdom is? Applied understanding. That's what he knows. Tell the way around. <laughs> wisdom is? Applied knowledge. Is the? Knowledge. What do you mean knowledge? What do you mean by knowledge? Well, just, that is knowledge, no? What is chokhmah? Chokhmah is the ability to invent. The ability to think of new things that no one else thought about. That's chokhmah. Chokhmah is the? How do you say it? Eureka moment. Creativity. Chokhmah is creativity. Chokhmah is... Everything starts with Chokhmah. You have the idea. The idea that comes into your head, that's Chokhmah. Hashem sometimes gives a person an idea, and a person runs with it. So the application of the idea is Bina. Bina is the application of the idea. So a person's wisdom, the boom, a person gets a Eureka moment. Wow. Listen, if you think about something hard enough, usually Hashem gives you that brains to be able to... I know my daughter now is learning computer science. I also went through that. It's such a hard... To, to understand the language of a computer, you know, you have to write the language. It's a different language, totally. The computers right. think differently than we think. So in my day, the computer was the size of this room. Right. <laughs> and uh, the, way, the way you feed into the computer is these computer cards. Do you remember the cards? Yes. Oh, God. Oh, God. What about torture? That was torture. Out of order, forget it. And you know what else? It took two or three hours for you to get back in the feedback. Because there were 20 or I don't people were waiting in line. And then you feed them into the machine, and then it reads it, and then it goes pretty, uh, it's working like nonstop. What is it doing? Stupid machine, it's a stupid machine, it's an old machine. And it was like the size of the room is probably as smaller than my, my phone. Right. Where's my phone? Okay. So, <laughs> so anyway, so 
that's uh, that's computer language. So, so that applies. First, it has to have a eureka moment. Hashem has to give the person the brains to be able to do that. So the person's got to understand to be able to get that first understanding as a eureka moment. That's chokhmah, and then to apply that understanding is bina. So the person gets an idea. Let's give an example. They invent, uh, they think about an airplane. Imagine, uh, what's it, Da Vinci. Leonardo Da Vinci, the amazing scientist, amazing scientist. He was way before his time. He has the first, he draws the first apparatus, which is a, 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 an airplane. He draws the first airplane. It never took off because he never got to the bottom of it. But he had that eureka moment. Now, the application of that, that's the next step. And that's where the Industrial Revolution was based on. The ability to apply. I mean, they invented the wheel how many years ago? Thousands of years ago. The wheel was invented thousands of years ago. But the mechanism by which to push that wheel was not invented for thousands of years. So to get to that point, we lacked the understanding. How do we apply? We knew about kettles. We knew the lid of the kettle moves when it's steam. But to take that steam and use that, who was the first guy to use it? Robert Louis Stevenson. That's what the British say anyway. <laughs> He's the first one to invent the the machine, the steam machine, steam engine. The steam engines are powered the rails, and that's uh, that's the beginning of the industrial revolution. So, can you imagine for thousands of years there was chokhmah, but there was no bina. Who is who are very good at bina? Women. How do we know? Because the word used to build women is vayiven. Hashem Hashem built the woman, and the word used for building is vayiven. Building is bina, because you're taking the engineering knowledge principles. And you build it. In fact, the word for a son is ben. ben. Building. Woman is building human beings. Imagine. Only a woman can build human beings. Men cannot do it. We can't do it by ourselves. Uh, men can't have children by themselves, unfortunately. Well, truthfully, neither can women. Well, but they, they, all, the, all the tools are in the woman. All the tools. Okay, obviously you need men as well, but I'm saying the, woman, the, the tools are inside the woman to build the actual shape and everything is built inside. So that's Bina. Bina is application. What is Dart? Dart is the ability to discern the difference between two different things. So that's why learning Gemara. Learning Gemara is basically a real tool to expand a person's Dart because all it talks about is how is this different than this? How is this different than this? And tries to bring questions from here, a question from there. And answer is, this is different and this is different. So to see differences between two different things... Like, for example, in politics, right? You've got to be able to see the difference between this party and this party. What, what do they say? That needs dot to be able to see differences. But it says, you know what? They're all the same. <laughs> if they're all the same, then there's no differences. So dot is the ability to see differences. What are you saying? And what am I saying? What is he saying? Let me see. And that's what learning Talmud is all about. What does this rabbi say? What is this rabbi? What are the opinions? What's the difference between these two opinions? So that, that requires dot. What's the difference between this and this? So children don't have dot. What is he talking about? What's the difference between this and this? They don't understand differences. So that is where you need to learn that. You have to learn how to discern differences. Yes? Uh, that applies also for the tree and the garden. Uh, the, the tree that it's a dot. It's a dot. It's a tree of knowledge. knowledge. So the question is, and this is, this is the Rambam's question. The Rambam writes in Moran de he said, an old man came to him once and asked him a very hard question. And what is the hard question? The hard question is, Hashem is so good, Hashem is so giving, why did He stop them from eating from the tree of Dark? Yeah, a good question, right? If Hashem is so good, why didn't He give Adam and Chava a Dark? Tell them, eat the tree. I want you to eat the tree. So anyway, so there's many different answers to this question. I'll just give you the Rambam's answer. The Rambam says, it was a Dark of, of, of good and evil. It was a Dark, Tovera. 
What does that mean? To see differences between good and evil? Or to confuse good and evil? The ability to rationalize good and evil. That's what, it, that's what that tree was. In other words, they knew what good and evil was. They knew from before because they knew what truth was. They says the Rambam writes, they were on a higher level. They saw the difference between truth and falsehood. When they ate from the tree, they got the ability to rationalize and make good bad and bad good. And that's our ability. All of us have this ability to rationalize. You know what rationalizing means? I give 50 excuses why I didn't do it. To give excuses and to make the bad look good and the good look bad. I don't give examples today's day and age, but it's, it's full of it. I mean, today's ethics stinks. It's full of rationalization. You can take something which is totally immoral and make it righteous. Suddenly it's, suddenly it's a mitzvah. Uh, abortion. Yeah, it's, uh, can you imagine you're killing a kid inside? No, oh, it's fantastic. Woman's rights, let a woman, it's a woman's body, she can decide. I'm just giving a little example. There's many examples in today's day and age of things which are really absolutely immoral and all of a sudden become kosher. It's amazing. Why? Because we have the ability to take anything and make it like a mitzvah. We have the ability to rationalize. So uh, a woman tells her husband, why do you do this? Well, I'll give 50 reasons why. <laughs> I can make good into bad. You know, one of the tests of being a rabbi in those days in Sanhedrin was to find a way learning from the Torah that the sheretz, which is a creepy, crawly insect, is kosher. Prove it from the Torah. Well, I can prove it. Which sheretz is really kosher? It's, very, it's not much of an extension. Grasshoppers are kosher. So it's just a little bit of an extension to prove other things are kosher as well. So in other words, a person has the ability. That's the sin of Adam. Adam's sin was the ability to rationalize. So even as Hashem asked him, Adam, where are you? He said, I'm hiding because I'm scared of you, Hashem. I'm scared of you. I'm hiding from you. He says, why are you hiding from me? Why are you scared? Maybe you ate from the tree. So his ability, he's already trying to... To rationalize. It's it, what, it, what, it, what it was very, very interesting is when Hashem says, why did you eat from the tree? He says, because he blames... Who does he blame? He blames his wife! And then he says... <laughs> what does he say? What's the language used over there in the parasha? The woman that you gave... Oh, that's the worst. In other words, he's turning it back to God. He says, the woman you gave me... Probably. She gave to me and I ate. <laughs> right. It's terrible. Like he blames God. Imagine. Blames God. Just want to tell you exactly what, what the language is. Amazing language over here. So he says, Did you eat from the tree? The woman you gave me, she's the one who gave me from the tree. He told them, Hashem told the woman, What have you done? And she said, It wasn't me, it was a snake. The snake told me to eat it. And so Hashem curses the snake. And then he talks about the curse of woman, of course, of man. And, uh, but did Adam learn his lesson? No. <laughs> so it says over here, Adam said, Ba'ochel! And I will, here, the woman you gave me, she gave me the, from the tree, Ba'ochel! Ba'ochel is not in the past, it's in the? Present. Present. And I will eat again. I am eating. Adam says, even though I sin, I have no guarantees that I can control myself. I've lost the ability to control myself. He lost, this tree gave us the ability not to have self-control. Because we now have answers for everything. How do you know? Go and ask your kid, why do you do this? It'll give me 50 answers. <laughs> the kids are great at rationalizing. That is the sin of Adam. Exactly the sin of Adam was the power to rationalize. So that is, uh, Dad gives us the ability to see the difference between, but we can lie with the Dad. Because we have the tree of knowledge of evil and good and evil, which is the ability to make good evil and make evil good. So it's a 
the It's a creation of the rationalization. And that's why Shem said, don't eat it, because you're going to start rationalizing. And you won't know what is true or what is false. You lose the ability in your mind. In your mind, you'll believe that it's okay. Right? So before that, there would have been no Yitzhah Exactly. There's no Yitzhah before that. Mm-hmm. The Yitzhah was external. Who was the Yitzhah external? The snake. The snake was the external Yitzhah. Then there would have been no Bechirah. And the rabbis say it was, a, it was an angel. There would have been no Bechirah Hafshi. The Bechirah Hafshi was outside, not inside. It, was, it wasn't inside man. Man didn't have that ability to sin. But outside was a, was a voice telling you, sin, sin, sin. We needed it then. Huh? We, wouldn't have been, we needed it then because we wouldn't have been human. Oh, they were human. That's before. what makes us human and different from animals. That makes us a low-level human. A high-level human was Adam and Chava before the sin. And now we're a low-level human. We have the ability to sin ourselves. We don't need an external force to, to tell us to sin. We have it inside. It's already inside us. And that's what it says. Hitila nachash zuhama b'chava. The Zohar says that. The snake put dirt into Hava. What do you mean, put d- dirt into Hava? It gave her children the ability to do yet uh, evil herself. Yet, sir, okay, inside person. That's what it means. You find this with Cain and Hevel. Cain kills his brother. How can he kill his brother? Where, where did the evil idea come from? And the answer is, came from this. So anyway, so we're moving on. So that's wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to, in fact, Shlomo Melech. Shlomo Melech has a dream. Imagine, eight-year-old kid. This is something we have to teach our children all the time. Eight-year-old kid, Shlomo Melech, God says, what do you want, Shlomo? I'll give you whatever you want. You want money, you want power, you want this, whatever you want, Shlomo. Imagine, if Hashem would come to you and say, what is the most important, what would you like? I'll give you whatever you want. What would you ask for? What would I ask for? So Shlomo Melech says, give me the wisdom to judge your people. Imagine. Eight-year-old, I mean, that's maturity. That's not mature. What is maturity? Ask for wisdom to judge your people, Hashem, so Hashem says, since you ask for wisdom, I'm going to give you everything else as well. I'm going to answer all your prayers. Why? Because the wisdom is, the Midrash says, wisdom is the daughter of the king. It's a beautiful way of putting it. Wisdom is Hashem's daughter. What does that mean? That means the most important thing close to God is, is wisdom. Why? Because God is the wisest. So what does God want us to be? He wants us to be like Him. He wants us to be wise as well. So wisdom is the closest thing to a king. So if the king asks you, what would you like? So well, I'd like to marry your daughter. <laughs> Why? Because then I'll be the next king. Very smart, right? So if a fool will say, give me money. Why? Okay, take the money and go. No, but I want to be the... I, want to, I can't say I want to be the king. I want to have the king's daughter. The king's daughter is wisdom. So person who is wise is the king's daughter. Imagine, he married the king's daughter. So wisdom is the key to everything. Key to success is wisdom. If you want to know the key of success is, start becoming smart. Start investing in learning. Start investing in thinking. Because most people today don't think. You know why? They just sit in front of the box, glue to the box, and watch all the garbage on the box will make you even more stupid. That's really a command. You watch a, a, good, a game. A grown man watching a game, a sports game. Well, where's it going to get him? Where's it going to get him? See, I see a grown man kicking around a ball. I mean, I remember when I was being in school, my, one of my teachers saying, you know, to watch grown men kicking a ball around and people cheer when they get the ball in the box or whatever it is. Such a, such a stupid concept. I mean, it's a pure waste of time and pure waste of brains and pure waste of everything. But it's great because it keeps everyone busy. It keeps them out of mischief. They can be doing worse. Okay, they can be doing worse. But for us to waste our time is just senseless. It's just mindless and senseless. Unless you're the guy making the money behind it. That's the guy who, you know, that's the smart guy. 
So Hashem gave us this ability to know what is the most important. The rabbis wanted to write this. The first thing we pray for is, imagine the priorities on a person's prayer list. What is the first thing we pray for is? Brains, wisdom. It's amazing. This is a really Jewish concept. Everyone else is running around after everything else. Where's the best wine? Where's the best beer? Where's the best fun? Where's the best this? We want about brains. Brains is the key. Otherwise, the person wants to know what's important. So the rabbis wanted to put importance. What's the importance? Yes. So is Das what the secular world is trying to always... What they're trying to do is Hakma. They want more Hakma, which means what? Inventions. Inventions, and they apply the invention, but they don't really know what for. Is it good? Is it bad? And that's the, that's the whole big problem with science today. Science today is like a genie in the bottle. Once it's being unleashed, science can destroy all of us in one split second, right? Yeah. Or through science, you can make a utopia. True. So what you need is, and that's, people start realizing this after the Second World War. After the Second World War, they had to judge, can you imagine they had to judge all these monsters, the Nazi monsters, but they had no laws to judge them by. So can you imagine, retroactively, they passed the Nuremberg Laws. All the laws of medical ethics. There were no laws of medical ethics. Doctors could uh, do any trials on any person. Imagine. So they had to make the Nuremberg laws retroactively. So that's why every college today has an ethical uh, department: ethics of science, ethics of uh, medical research, ethics of economics. There's, you need ethics, otherwise the whole world you can do whatever you want. It's, it's crazy. It'll be a, uh, and even with all the ethics is a disaster. Why? Because the ethics is based on rationalization. What do we think is right? It's not what is right. There's no absolute morality today. Morality is wish-washy. Yeah, what I think is right, what you think is wrong, is your opinion against my opinion. Who says you're right? Who says I'm right? There's no God's opinion. Judaism says there's a God's opinion. Let's go back to God. God is the one who decides. That's through the Torah. We know what God wants, and we're going to go by what God wants. What makes it right, what's making it wrong, is not what I think, it's not what you think, it's what God wants. So that's the difference. Anyway, so we have to be, obviously, we believe God gives us wisdom. But we believe also God gives the wisdom to do right, not to do wrong. So but even that's very rationalized because people interpret God's will differently. 100%. I agree with you. And that's why you need to go to the right people, to the Gdolim who know what they're talking about. Okay. So that is number one on our list. So it's number four on the general list of the Shimon Ashtrevis. Number one on the list is wisdom. Number two. Ah, wow, this is amazing. Something most people do not even think about. It's not even on my list. Teshuva. Imagine. Bring us back, Hashem, to? Your Torah. The Torah. Ah, why? Why the Torah? Why is the Torah first? Because without the Torah, we have no mechanism by which to know what to do. Torah is... What does Torah mean? It comes with the word Hora'ah. Hora'ah means? Teachings. Morah. What's a Morah? Teacher. What's a more? A teacher. It's a more derech. The Torah is our teacher. Through the Torah, learning Torah, what we're doing now. We're learning Torah, why? Because without Torah, we lost. Imagine. I don't know where I'd be without Torah. As Rabbi Yossi said, Rabbi Yossi said, if it wasn't for the Torah, there'd be many Yossis in the marketplace. So Yossi is Joe, right? There's many Joes in the marketplace. What's the difference between me and them? And the answer is, I have a book by which I, my life is guided by. Hashem tells me what to do. I don't make up my own logic and my own way and my own path. I have a mechanism by which to learn what to do and to guide me. So imagine, how many people would start on my list? Okay, I need knowledge. Knowledge for what? Knowledge to know what's right and what's wrong. And once I know what's right and what's wrong, I better change my direction. That's teshuva. Teshuva is changing one's directions in life. You see many people today, bali teshuva. 
It's very hard to be a Baal Teshuvah because we need, everyone needs to be a Baal Teshuvah. The trouble is, people say, oh, this guy's FFB and this guy's a Baal Teshuvah. What are you talking about? If he's FFB and he's not a Baal Teshuvah, he's in problems. Because everyone needs to do Teshuvah. Every single Jew needs to do Teshuvah. All of us need to do Teshuvah. The whole world needs to do Teshuvah. As you see, it's a big mess today. Why is it a big mess today? Because it's hard to curb the genie, the big industry, the big companies, big corporations. Out the bottle, it's very hard to curb the desire for wealth, but at what cost? So ruin the world. Let them ruin the world. The cost is ruining the world. Today, people are ri- realizing all this science and industry and all this is ru- ruining the world. Let's go back hundreds of years and have your farm and the, and a, and the cow next door to you and not have no, no one will eat meat every day and, and, and uh, you know, the world will be a better place. Who knows? Who knows? So, in a sense, we, we used our wisdom to invent. We didn't use our, inven- in our wisdom to guard the invention. And that's what the Torah says right at the beginning. It says, Adam was put in the garden for two reasons. Le'ovda ul shomra. And the shomra we're forgetting. Exactly. Shomra means to guard the planet. To right. guard the Why garden. He has to look after the garden. So you have to work the garden? Yes. The kipshua? Yes, you can use the properties, but don't forget to guard. Anyway, we need to do tshuva. The world has to do tshuva. Otherwise, it's on a very dangerous path, as we see. So, tshuva. So we have to realize we're always, everything a person does could take them away from the goal or bring them back to the goal. Mm-hmm. So what is our goal in life? What is our goal? Let's go around the table. That's a good idea. What? Give me a break. <laughs> Talking too much. What's our goal in life? What's the goal in life? Rectify. Rectify what? Our, our amidot. Rectify amidot, right? What else? Yeah, you're already you're, you're there. So we just said, Adam Chava made a big problem. They made a mess. Rationalization. How do we rectify our rationalization? And the answer is, I want to come back to what you want me to do, Hashem. I don't want to come back to what they want me to do, or the Israel wants me to do. I want to come back to what you want me. What do you want me to do? You want me to be a good person. You want me to fix my midot. That's how. It's very hard to fix one's midot. It's very hard. And the only way you can fix your midot is through marriage. <laughs> you know why? And through having children. Because otherwise it's just too easy. Live by yourself, no one bothers you, and that's what people want today. Nobody will tell you. No one bothers you, and no one tells you, oh, but no, no, my wife gave me a good lecture yesterday, oh gosh. <laughs> so, so who gives the rabbi the lecture? His wife. Now you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm saying, you have to. Buckle down and put your head down and be humble and just get on with the work. I mean, that's it. So otherwise, you know, a person's going to break their midot, break their midot, just keep breaking. A person wants, you know, all the pride and all the this, all the garbage. So a person has to serve Hashem, that's it. So serve Hashem. So a person's going to come back to this source because that's what life is all about. That's what Dad is for. Dad is for bringing us back to God, the source. Not to make excuses. That's, it's very easy to make excuses. So person says, you know, the more knowledge I have, the more excuses I have. That's what happens with the smart guys. So Shlomo Melech says, in Mishlei he says, Al tihi hacham Don't be too wise. You know, like a smart aleck, right? Don't be too wise. You think you have all the answers, that's a, that's a path to hell. It's a path to hell. Right? Have the answer for this, and have an answer for this. Have an answer for everything. So that, yes, knowledge is important, but not to take God on. Not to have the knowledge that's what the Tower of Babel. They wanted to go fight God. We are an advanced technological society, technological society, and therefore we want to fight God. We have the knowledge to fight Hashem. So, don't be too smart. But we have to come back to Hashem. Use the wisdom to come back 
So you have the compass. We have a compass in life. The Jewish compass in life is the Torah. Come back to the Torah. Hashivena avilu Torahotecha. Karvenu la. Guys, come on. Karvenu la. Avoratecha. Bring us back to your service. Bring us back, Hashem. Give us help to bring us back. We're praying to God to bring us back to the right direction. And over there, it's very important. If you know people who are going off the derech, pray for them. In the Hashivenu. Everyone has someone. Relatives, friends. Uh, you see the kids around us. A lot of these kids go to Yeshiva and they go to get lost. It's a disaster. So today we're facing a big disaster. And one of the problems is the phone, the smartphones. It's not a good idea to buy your kids smartphones. You know, today kid parents are too nice. They're too nice and too stupid. You know why they're stupid? Because they think, oh, my poor kid, he needs the latest devices. You know, that's going to really enhance his life. Yeah. And you know what? The kid is uh, 12 o'clock at night. He's going like this. I don't know. My fingers are also fidgety. They're going like this all day and all night. And they're seeing all things. And who knows what they're talking to. And who to. It's a disaster. And that's what leads to these kids. It's very easy to go off the derrick today. It's very easy. So that's too much knowledge is also a problem. Too much smartness is also a problem. So we have to pray, bring us back to the right path. Let us use our knowledge and our brains to serve you, Hashem. And number six, we ask for forgiveness. So, Salichak, imagine, who would put this in the main items to pray for? I need brains. Why do I need brains for? I need brains because I need to know who's my boss. If you don't know who your boss is, then you're finished. Imagine, a guy goes to, to work the first day, right? And he insults the boss. So, oh, you're the boss. I forgot. I didn't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and that's exactly what we're doing. Because now I've got the brains. Now I realize who my boss is. Gosh. Hashem, forgive me, please. I didn't realize you were the boss. Now I know you're the boss. Forgive me. So we have to realign ourselves. That's what it is all about. Cheshuvah is all about realignment. Because when you come back, you're coming back to a place. Hashivenu, bring us back to the place. Bring us back to the source. Bring us back to our master. Bring us back to the truth. Bring us back to the truth. Because we rationalize and we get carried away. We think we're doing the right thing. We're not doing the right thing. So a person says, you know what? I think I've reached the limits of greatness. I, really, I think I've reached the limits of how good a person can be. I've done it. That's it. I'm, I'm there. You know what? Big mistake. The next blessing is, don't be too smart. Bring me back, Hashem. Hashem, bring it back. So forgiveness applies both to us and to Hashem and to other people's sinners. And a person who just live our lives, sometimes it's a phobia. Had a lady here once, every little thing she would ask me, did I do the right thing, did the wrong thing, did I do the right thing, did the wrong thing, I gotta keep on, keep on saying sorry. Imagine, because every encounter with any human being, I don't know, did I hurt their feelings, did I not hurt their feelings. But in a sense, it's, it's like a phobia and go mad thinking about this every time. So a person's going to try their best. Obviously, try their best. And then, Srikha. And who's the closest to us is Hashem. Because He's with us 24-7. So who's the one we really offend the most is the one who's with us 24-7. That's why if you want peace in the house, don't be together too often, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And we have to say this today. It's uh, so hard. It's so hard. Okay, now we come to the real McCoy. This is what really people pray for. Ah, now we come to what we pray for. Ah, Hashem. But you know, even then, we're not praying for ourselves. We're praying for Klal Yisrael. The rabbis made, put the section in the Shmon Esrei, because we're not only praying for ourselves. Redemption, Gula. Baruch Atah Hashem. Quickly. Goel Israel. Goel Israel. Goel Israel. 
He's redeemer in the present tense. So before the Shemran said, we say, Baruch Atah Hashem, Gal Yisrael. We're thanking God for saving us from Egypt. Why do, we, why do we say that before we pray? Why are we talking about Egypt? The foul prayers are full of Egypt. Egypt, Egypt. Hashem took us out from Egypt. Why is it so important to remember that God took us out from Egypt? Because we were slaves. No, we were slaves, though. So why, why is it so important? They almost lost our people. We could still be slaves. Okay, we were slaves. We almost slaves. So in other words, we believe Hashem has the capability to fight against the superpower of the world. And under the noses of the superpower of the world, take us out from its right. Against their will, completely. We have the ability, Hashem has the ability to do whatever He wants in this world. That's basically what we're talking about. Hashem has the ability to take on Russia. Hashem has the ability to take on, I don't want to say America, China. And win. There's no, nothing can stand before Hashem. He's the one who redeemed us from the superpower of the world. We have to remember, Egypt that time was the superpower of the world. They were the economy of the world. That was the number one nation in the world. Not a single slave ever escaped Egypt. And lived to tell the tale. And here it is, a whole nation is being brought out of Egypt. Imagine, think about it. A whole nation is walking out of Egypt against their will, against their wishes, and not only that, we emptied Egypt out. We took all their gold and all their silver, and it says in the time of the Greeks, the Romans, they had a court case. Heard of this court case? They brought the Jews to the court case. They took all our money. It says, our proof is the Torah. The Torah says when the Jews left Egypt, they took all the money with them. Where's our money? Give us back our money. <laughs> so there's a rabbi, he was a hunchback. He said, let me go and represent you. And if I lose, say, who is this guy? We don't even know who he is. If I win, say, we appointed him. <laughs> so he goes, and he goes before the king, and he says, listen, the Torah, their proof is our Torah, right? They say that Jews emptied out Egypt, so give us back our money. But our Torah also says they made us work really hard for 210 years. So let's make all the, con- let's make, how much salary do they owe us? 210 years of slavery. They made calculations, and the Egyptians ran away. <laughs> that's, that's, it's a nice story. You but said 210 years. 210 years we were in Egypt. Where? Yeah. In Egypt. In Egypt. In Egypt. 435. 400, that's what it says, but we have to look at the... Uh, yeah, don't worry. <laughs> okay, we'll discuss it. We'll discuss it. It's a rabbinical perspective. The Midrash says 210 years we were in Egypt. Hashem had mercy on us. And that's why the word used to go down to Egypt, Hashem says, Redu Shama. Redu means? Go down. But the gematria of Redu is 200. Rash is 200, Dalad is 4, and Vav is 6. 210 years. So from the birth of Yitzhak, it was 400 years. But from uh, Hashem had mercy on us, and only 210 years we were in Egypt. Anyway, so he counted the number from the birth of Yitzhak, because Yitzhak was also uh, in a foreign land. Because Canaan was not a Jewish land at that time. Was, so from the birth of Yitzhak, we were strangers in a foreign land, and they served, they made us work. So the bill was tremendous. Paying for all the slaves, tremendous. Anyway, that's the power. The power of God. God is real. First, we talk about what God did for us in the past. We believe that God can answer our prayers. How do we know because God can, God can answer our prayers? Because God has a history of taking on evil. God has a history of redeeming Jews. And therefore, now we can pray to God. For us, for us now. Why? Because God has a history. We know God is capable. So we can pray to God. That's our God. He's capable. If God was impotent, why pray for him? So we believe, Baruch Hashem, Gaal Yisrael. God is the Redeemer in the past, and Baruch Hashem, Goel Yisrael. God is the Redeemer now. Who's going to redeem us? Can you imagine? I mean, I, in my small, short life, how many people do I remember 
saying we'll kill all the Jews. I mean, for sure, before I was, I was alive, uh, Hitler, Yemach Shemot, Zekro, who was the worst, who tried to kill every single Jew in this world, even little babies. And you know what? He only killed a third of us. Thank God. That was bad enough. A third of the Jews in the world. So that's number one. Number two is, I remember when I was a kid, Nasser. Nasser. Remember Nasser? Mm-hmm. We'll throw them in the sea, and da, 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 throw, them, throw them in the sea, and six days later... Hey, we're not in the sea. We're still around. <laughs> and, uh, and then who's next? Saddam Hussein, right? We'll yeah. blow them up. We have all these missiles. We're going to blow them up. And then we had, uh, what's the Arafat. other guy's name? I already forgot his name. What's his Arafat. name? Arafat. 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 And then we had, uh, who's Ahmadinejad? I can't say his name. He's still alive. We'll destroy Israel. They have Khomeini. Oh, they want to destroy us. You know, I say, I say it's good they're saying it. Because that's what Paro's mistake was. He says, Penir Be. In case the Jews will increase, throw the kids in the sea. Penir Be, in case there'll be too many of them. And Hashem says, Kenir Be. Yo, where are they going to be increased? They will be increased. Whatever they say is used against them. They want to destroy us? Hashem says, Good. That's what happened to you. Whatever you say, it's going to happen to you. That's what he said, Abraham Avinu was blessed. What's his blessing? Whoever blesses you, will be blessed. Whoever curses you, will be cursed. So whatever they say against us is going to happen to them. No problem. Uh, the best picture was uh, Saddam Hussein crawling out of his... You see, remember that picture crawling out of his uh, hiding place? Unbelievable. He was this big dictator. Everyone was scared of and He's crawling out of his hiding place. Right. We've seen a lot of dictators being killed. You know, like, uh, who's the other one? The Libyan, what's his name? Also. Gaddafi. Hmm? Also. Amazing. But what replaces them isn't any better for the Jews. Okay, listen, God has many. That's what we're praying for. Geula. What's Geula? Geula Shlema. We're praying for redemption. And for the redemption is here, but not complete. So we have to pray for redemption, complete redemption. Geula Shlema. But we're seeing it, we're seeing it. It's coming. Baruch Hashem. This is the best generation to live in for Jews. It's the best generation we've ever seen for 2,000 years. People don't realize it. You have to thank God a million times. You're living in a generation where we see a person, a homeland. We have a homeland. Over there. All you have to do is buy a ticket. That's all. And today, the ticket's even free. <laughs> <laughs> they give you a free ticket. Is that Mashiach or not? I don't understand. Can you imagine? Who would think? 1947. It's a disaster. Ooh, Holocaust, disaster. It was darkness in the world. It was total darkness in the world. 1948. We give you a free ticket to Israel. Psh, how do you, how do you, amazing. Isn't that amazing? We're still here. With a free ticket and everything. It's amazing. <laughs> it's <a> wild. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. Okay, you got a free ticket, then you got to survive somehow in Israel. That's, that's the hard part. Okay, you got to f- find a way to survive. And the prices are crazy. They're going higher. If you didn't buy a house uh, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, which I did, thank God, a million times. Uh, I don't know what I do now. I mean, it's very hard. It's very hard. To, uh, you have to live on rent. Most people just rent. Or you move to a new neighborhood somewhere in the Bundak somewhere. <laughs> go to, go to uh, Trump Heights in the Golden Heights. <laughs> Trump Towers. The new Trump Towers. Yeah, in the Golden Heights. That's nice. You have good neighbors, right? You have the Syrians on one side, Lebanese on that side, Jordan on that side, Egypt on this side. We've got the best neighbor in the world. Right? You've got, you got only 100,000 missiles pointed in your direction. That's all. What's the problem? What is the problem? God is the Redeemer of Israel in the past. Hashem, Redeem us again. That's why we need this bracha. So we need security. 
everyone needs security in their lives. I mean, one of the good things about Highland Park is it's reasonably, I don't say 100%, nothing's 100% secure. But you can walk the streets and not be scared that someone's going to kill you or stab you or whatever in the Bronx somewhere, living in the Bronx. So everyone needs security in their lives. The most important thing we take for granted, we're lucky. We have security over here. Society's not falling apart, at least not yet. Baruch Hashem, living in a place like, say, Caracas, Venezuela, right? You heard of Venezuela? It's, I don't know how they live over there. You can barely live over there anymore. People are just leaving the country. And people don't hear it, right? Millions of people just left the country. You can't live there. Caracas, now Chile. There are demonstrations on the streets, right? Uh, where else in the world? Come on, let's go. Huh? Honduras, it's all stuff. Honduras, Nicaragua. All these other places falling apart. So we're lucky, we thank God. But we need the security. Number number eight. Very, very important. Health. Health is bad. Without health, we're lost. Most important, one of the most important things in life is good health. Because without good health, we can't operate. So Hashem should give us good health so we can serve Him. And that's uh, everything a person prays for. They should say, Hashem, give me health. Why? But not for myself, for you. Because then I can do with thought. I can help you. And number nine, very important. This should be number one, right? Everyone pray. Number one, number two. Number eight, number nine would be number one, number two. If the rabbis didn't have their way... This would be number one, number two. Pray for health, health and, and pray for wealth. Two things. Health and wealth. Amazing. Okay. Excuse me, Rabbi. Yeah. Why if, uh, David Hamelik was only praying Hashem for clothing and food? But I remember yesterday. Yaakov Avinu. Lechem lechol ubegin bosh. Hashem, just give me lechem lechol ubegin bosh. It's a beautiful Gemara. The Gemara says, this is Rabbi Yezir's question. Uh, a non-Jew came to Rabbi Yezir. Actually, he was a girl. He came to Rabbi Yezir. Rabbi Yezir, what's going on here? What's lechem lechol begel bosh? Rabbi Yezir says, isn't that enough for you? To eat bread and to have clothing? Isn't that enough for you? So the guy was very disappointed with the answer. So what, bread and food? That, clothing, that's it? No. So he goes to Rabbi Yoshua. Rabbi Yoshua, what's this blessing? Just bread and clothing? Oh, yeah. He said, ah, he says, Bread is the bread of korbanot. When you bring a korban to Hashem, you bring a korban mincha, and Hashem blesses you and gives you tremendous wealth. And clothing, Rabbi Yoshua said, that's the clothing of the high priest. That Yaakov is praying, please Hashem, give me the blessing of being high priest. I want to be the high priest. I want to have the, the tremendous uh, blessing from you in order that I can bring you offerings. So when he heard that, he said, oh, that's a very good answer. So it's not really good clothing. It's the clothing of the uniform of the high priest, which is, in other words, if you're a Jew, then maybe your grandson can be a coin. And maybe your grandson can be the high priest. Wow, that's, that's something worthwhile. And bread is not just bread, it's, the, it's shefa. It's a tremendous blessing in the world. A tremendous blessing. So it's not, when it says bread, you've got to take it as bread means, it's a symbol like today, dough. What's dough? Money. So bread is not just, uh, not just a loaf of bread. But it's a factory of bread. Mm-hmm. It's but being an owner of a factory. You know, a, in Israel, in Jerusalem, there are two owners of factories, which is very, very interesting. One is called Angel. Right. Uh, Angel. Angel bread. Have you heard of Angel bread? Mm-hmm. Being in Jerusalem, just go to Jerusalem. It says only two kinds of bread. There's Berman and there's Angel. Two companies of bread companies. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I was there in, uh, in the old city. There's a museum. It's called the Museum of the Old Yeshuv. Old Yeshuv means before the state of Israel. Mm-hmm. The Museum of the Old Yeshua, so they go inside, there's a plaque outside. Museum of the Old Yeshua, go inside. 
it's like a stone building, and there's four rooms around one little garden, yard. And the four rooms were four families. And one family was the Agile family. They lived in one room. And instead of there outside, it says the Angel Bakery family. This was the source of the family. Imagine. So can you imagine he's praying. Can you imagine the boy, the guy's praying. See, if you're smart, you don't just pray for a loaf. You pray for a factory building bread. <laughs> so he has a factory now. If you go to Givat Shaul, it's a massive. It's like a whole block. Imagine. All the bread, I mean... I don't know how many, how many loaves they produce every day. It's amazing. Everywhere you go, Angel, Angel. It's not just loaves. Now they're going to make uh, donuts for uh, Hanukkah. They sell by the six. It's like a box of eggs. You buy a box of eggs, it's a box of donuts. <laughs> it's like they, each one has their own little compartment. It's very... So that's Angel. So imagine, you know, my father also, he says, my father... I, I think I told this story. My father was a kid. He lost his father when he was seven years old. Imagine a seven-year-old Saint Kaddish. And he was very, his mother was very poor. Had no food. Had, so he says, Ma, can I have some candies? Ma says, no candies. Put your hand in the mezuzah and pray to God. That's how he grew up. Everything he wanted, put your, <laughs> put your, she didn't have anything. Put your hand in the mezuzah and pray to God. So he was praying, Hashem, give me a house full of cakes and candies, because that's the way he never had. Full of cakes and candies, cakes and candies. So, and he's 18 years old, he got a, a job in a, in a restaurant, bakery. Like they had a very confectionery bakery, mm-hmm. and eventually becomes the owner of the bakery and the, and the confectionery. Mm-hmm. He says, "Oh boy, I, said, I wish I prayed for something better." <laughs> <laughs> so it just shows not to waste the prayers. So a loaf of bread can be a loaf of bread, but can also be a factory of bread. And clothes cannot just be a, a clothes; it could be a, the real clothes of a kohen gadol. So it's a spiritual blessing as well as a physical blessing. So we need both. We need the physical and the spiritual. We need, but we need security. We need geula. Geula means redemption, means security, which is physical security, material security, and all our emotional needs. Because today we have a major problem. Emotionally, people are empty. Oh, I'm over time, sorry. Okay, we'll continue next week. Thank you. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.